0: Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about random topics. I'm Kev. And I'm Jack.
1: Let's talk about Adam Sandler. Hanukkah is starting the day after we released this, so felt like a appropriate time to bring up a Jewish pop culture legend. He's Jewish? <laughs> wow. I mean, to start off, one thing with him and Hanukkah that we brought up when we did the og hanukkah episode last year was one of his or at least to me one of his most well-known songs slash skits i guess i don't know since it was on snl is the hanukkah song that i would say is pretty well known yeah it's out there it's pretty
0: popular even though it's like a throwback throwback yeah it's like 90s right
1: yeah like mid maybe early 90s oh
0: So yeah, it's it's been a while, but still makes his ways to TV and video every holiday season. So we see it every now and then. And I mean, Adam Sandler alone is just always either making new movies still, or he finds his way on Twitter, playing basketball, fashion memes with his very particular swag. (laughs) When you see an Adam Sandler outfit, you know, Adam Sandler outfit. So yeah, maybe let's
1: knock that out of the way real quick. So, I mean, to me, <laughs> when I think of his style in terms of, you know, everyday street clothes, paparazzi shots, whatever, it's like baggy basketball shorts, big puffy coat, old T-shirt. I mean, would you say the same thing?
0: Yeah, very much so. It's uh something where you would think the man is from Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> he's actually from New York, I believe. Where in New York? I don't know. but Brooklyn. Yeah, he's, I mean, New York <laughs> as it is. But the guy wears basketball shorts that sometimes hit the ankles, plays basketball. It don't matter if it's a polo shirt or just a regular t-shirt. Best believe it's at least a double XL.
1: Didn't he ball with Obama or something?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's balled with like a bunch of people. There's videos of him like going to gyms, just playing. But yeah, he's played with a bunch of celebrities and actually not a bad player at all. He's got a little game. Never really any matching colors or any dope sneakers or anything like that. (laughs) Let's start off with a con. Uh, That's an easy (laughs) con for me. Very particular to him. I don't hate it. Keep doing it. Like, I don't want him to switch it up, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, pro that he's so comfortable and set in doing that in a way. Strangely, like, good for you type thing. But yeah, I would con the actual style itself for sure. Glad we got that out of the way. It's a little bit of a stretch, but you could kind of compare it to his... Attitude with films in a way. Like he does what he wants and doesn't cater to kind of what certain people might want from him. Like he'll do a bunch of funny stuff and then he'll switch it up every once in a while and do something more dramatic, serious. And he could have pivoted to one or the other at any point, but he just does it as things come up that interest him and like the clothes, you know, he keeps it fun and loose and. That's just kind of who he is.
0: It seems like somehow, some way throughout his career, he's found or at least gotten the respect from people that seems like he always has clearance to do whatever the fuck he wants and right. Has all the creative freedom. Even if he's not particularly directing the film or have his hand in it. It's like, yo, do you I mean, you're either cast for a reason or have to do anything with this film for a reason and it's worked out in his favor i mean i'll throw that out there right now he's probably the person that has like the most respect most known most popular actor that keeps getting chances yet has an insane amount of flops interesting he probably has one of the craziest ranges of like good ratings and probably the worst ratings from like actors
1: Right, but part of that, too, is even his flops, I guess, are, I don't know, they're, like, valuable in a way for, like, someone like Netflix, who he has deals with, which we'll get into, but I don't know, they're so goofy and out there that even if it is a flop, it almost, like, is part of the plan in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as you say that, I thought of something. I feel like,
0: for him, the same formula that goes for horror movies works out. Horror movies are always gonna come out, and almost all of them are fucking terrible, (laughs) but they keep making them because they make money. Right. And there's always, like, space for it.
1: Which is another thing, too. Like, flop, there's, you know, quote-unquote critical reception, or, like, what people think, and then there's financial with money. Yeah, it's
0: one of those things where... It's Adam Sandler, like, just the name alone is gonna get you the views. Like, he has his following... Most of his films, not all of them, but most of his films are probably comedies that you could just throw on. Families could watch
1: them, kids could watch them. Like again, there's always gonna be the room for them. And also, not even his name alone. Like he has a bunch of his friends who have now been in like a bunch of his movies over the years that you can kind of not count on, but you often see like a bunch of them, whether it's like a Kevin James or Steve Buscemi or david spade chris rock like there's a bunch of people where you see them in a bunch of his stuff and it becomes this kind of extended family in a way and part of what connects the films to at least for the comedy side and like under his production company
0: what is it billy Some um, happy madison happy Mad, billy madison's the movie right yeah <laughs> um but yeah which is a easy one for me to pro like just that tag alone or like at the beginning of his movie saying that it's always like oh shit yeah, yeah that's fire it's almost like the intro to like a paramount or whatever right it is, which is dope so yeah i mean that's pretty cool to see i think we both are weirdly like a fan of groups of friends that create shit i mean just to throw examples like our future brockhampton squad i right. mean music and but you get the gist of it
1: no yeah i hadn't thought of that comparison um,
0: And this is almost like an OG back in the day sort of thing because they've been doing this shit for a while now right? and probably as grown ass men, but same idea. And yeah, I like pro that approach to like creating shit and films and content and all that. And yeah, so easy for me to pro that.
1: Yeah, I agree with all that for sure. And like you were saying, I think when you see the Happy Madison production or, you know, it's like a Sandler movie that he's kind of, not in charge of, but it's not just something he's playing a little role in. Like, he's more involved with it. It's under his umbrella. You know, to a degree, what to expect. Like, it's not going to go that far off, but it can still have new things that interest you. It's just a consistent level of quality. And like you said, in terms of people watching, there's probably always going to be a consistent fan base or at least for still a long time from now but I mean to take it back to the beginning for us we weren't seeing the very early movies like as they came out because we were barely conscious at that point but I feel like we were kind of at a perfect point because when we were old enough there were a bunch to watch so I mean just to go through a decade run. We got Billy Madison 1995, Happy Gilmore 96, The Wedding Singer 98, The Water Boy 98, Big Daddy 99, Little Nicky 2000, Punch Drunk Love 2002, Mr. Deeds 02, Anger Management 03, 51st Dates 04, and The Longest Yard 05. That's a pretty crazy run. And for me, I don't remember exactly what age I was at, but I do remember kind of stumbling into his stuff and going on a run where I would just keep watching more of his films. And I would say or guess it was maybe around like O two O three or something like that because I would have been like old enough and pretty sure... I was watching them before The Longest Yard came out in '05. I remember watching a bunch of these earlier movies from Big Daddy to Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and The Waterboy and all that. And just being, especially at that time, really into that comedic style. I just really enjoyed it. At this point, it still holds like nostalgia and... Huntshunk Love is one of those dramatic ones, which we'll get into later. But just in terms of these early movies during that run, what comes to mind for you or how you first remember hearing about him?
0: I actually don't even know how or when the first uh, Adam Sandler movie was that I actually watched. Pretty sure it was probably Happy Gilmore. It's like the earliest memory I have. When did I watch that? I don't know. Had to be early 2000s somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm after that maybe big daddy because i think like one of my aunts likes the movies and if anything that's probably how i watch most of my adam sandler films it was like just on tv or like i'm at my grandma's or aunt's house and they'd like put like a light comedy or some shit that was on tv but i don't think i was watching them saying like oh adam sandler you know it was just like those movies that that guy happened to be in yeah um i feel like he was on the map for me I guess we'll get into it now when The Longest Yard came out, Mm -hmm. um, which you mentioned was 05. I actually remember going to watch it in the theaters with my cousins, but your boy didn't really know English like that, you know? Um, (laughs) So I was kind of like laughing at the obvious shit, (laughs) but not really getting the inside jokes or like the actual funny dialogue or anything like that. But I remember really liking the film, mostly just because it was sports and like prison and had like a bunch of cameos from a bunch of athletes and nelly and you know other people and that's when i was like oh shit like that's the same guy and you know adam sandler and like his face was like i put the name to the face and like actually remembered him from that point on but yeah that's like as early as i go with him
1: at that time like that and coach carter those two were like my favorite movies for a while (laughs) And, yeah, I love The Longest Yard also. Still a great movie. I mean, in terms of the other ones from that decade, like, over time, would you say you have any favorites from those?
0: I've actually, like, missed on, like, three of the films you mentioned. I've never... I've, like, seen parts of it, but I don't want to say that I've seen the whole The Wedding Singer. Yeah, that one isn't super clear for me either. I've actually never seen Punch Drunk Love or 50 First Dates. So... That would be out of there. If I had to choose three, I'd probably put the longest yard first, then probably Happy Gilmore, and
1: probably be Big Daddy for some reason. Big Daddy's actually my favorite of those. Like, the longest yard is kind of separate to me. At least it feels like a little bit different than those other, like, 90s ones, even early 2000s. And out of that group, I would say Big Daddy's my favorite. Always, I think, was. The one I was most interested in like the others are good for sure but that one felt like a notch above even early Jon Stewart cameo before he later blew up The Longest Yard like I said I love and you mentioned you haven't seen Punch Drunk Love yet which we had briefly brought up earlier he kind of goes back and forth sometimes between doing a bunch of comedies and then once in a while he will do something like more dramatic and serious and this was really the first one that put him on the map for that in the sense of people taking him seriously or at least feeling like when he wanted to he could do something serious and it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie made a lot of great films one of the kind of auteurs for the past couple decades and great film and yeah, I mean, kind of moving on to after that decade run, another serious one, too, is Rain Over Me from 07. Have you seen that? It's like a post 9-11, I think, one with Don Cheeto. No, Cito. I haven't seen that. I'm pretty sure I saw it, but I don't remember it. Although I was talking not too long ago to friend of the pod, Greg, and... He was saying we were like talking about Adam Sandler movies and he was saying that's one of his favorite Sandler roles, which I thought was interesting. So might have to revisit that or something. But just in terms of another more serious one. And yeah, I mean, in the years since then, there's been still a bunch of very Sandler movies, Click, all the Grown Ups movies, etc., he also did The Meyerowitz Stories with Noah Bumbach a couple years ago for a semi-dramatic one. I mean, it has comedic stuff in it, but that. And then more recently, last year, was Uncut Gems. But before we get into Uncut Gems, any thoughts on all the stuff he did leading up to that after 05? I mean, Click is one of the biggest classics of all time.
0: <laughs> for real, that shit is like... I feel always on TBS or something, (laughs) at least
1: when I used to watch TV. Which, for people who don't know, super simple idea. Guy has remote, can rewind, pause life. At least that's from what I remember, right? I don't know how much time traveling, I forget, but can like slow-mo things too.
0: Yeah, it literally has like control of time. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of (laughs) corny. It's very lovey, like enjoy every moment you have type of thing. But yeah, I mean, uh, Adam Sandler classic. I kind of enjoyed the Grown Ups ones. I think I've seen one and two. I think there's a third one, maybe. Or I think
1: that's coming
0: soon. Or yeah, possibly in the makings. But I enjoyed the first one. Nothing crazy. It's kind of just like... Yeah, I saw it also. I like it all just... these people. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like Adam. I like Kevin James. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. David, David Spade. Spade. Like, yeah. It was fun. Throwaway movie, throw in the background,
1: go on your computer type shit. Like, it was fine. Which also, real quick, going off that, this idea that I've heard people talk about and he said himself where he'll do certain movies where literally the point is for them to have almost like a paid vacation where they go to some interesting spot around the world and film a movie there or film parts of a movie there and have their families come with them and stuff which I think is dope. Kind of like what you were saying earlier, too, with friends working together. Pro that. I mean, every company in the United States should
0: think about this. <laughs> Shout out to him for that. Everything else, it's like whatever. Um, I actually haven't seen the Meyerowitz. Is that what it's called? I think it's like Meyerwitz. Um I've wanted to, but haven't. But from that Golden Sandler era till now... Without counting Uncut Gems, if I had to choose a favorite, it's probably Hotel Transylvania films. (laughs) I didn't say that. There's three of those for sure. I've seen like the first and second one. They're cool animated flicks um, intended for younger crowds, but yeah, decent films. He's like the voice of the main character of the vampire or whatever. The guy could do
1: it all. All right. So Uncut Gems, this is, again, he did the Meyerwitz stories, but- this was really, I feel like, his biggest dramatic role since Punch Drunk Love, and so much hype was behind it. It was, for those who don't know, a movie created by the Safdie brothers who made Good Time, if you've seen that, with Robert Pattinson, and they'd been trying to get Uncut Gems made for a while, finally made it happen. Basically, this guy who is like a gambler slash jewelry owner and yeah i mean we don't have to get into all the plot details but what do you think of sandler in this role
0: off the bat since now we have included all his movies it's probably my favorite adam sandler movie again it's kind of different especially because like 90 95 percent of his other stuff is all comedies and silly shit which is cool but out of All the films that we have mentioned, at least, this is the one that I feel could, like, age the best. Mm. All his other films, even including, like, The Longest Yard, which would probably be, like, my second favorite. It's one of those... I mean, it was a remake, and it's one of those movies that could be remade again later on in the future and possibly made better. And it does feel very, like, mid-2000s. Yeah, and it's, like, even just with the cameos in it, it's, like, such a timepiece that... It wouldn't age well, and this one is just one of those movies that can withstand time. For sure. So, I'll throw that out there. Also, just Shafty Brothers killed it. Super intense movie. I tend to like shit like that. And, I mean, his performance is, like, super unique. Drives the movie as well, on top of everything else. Has to do with sports. It's just, like, a bunch of shit that I really like in it. I wouldn't say it's, like, a masterpiece. And, like, wouldn't probably even put it, like, near my favorite movies. But... When it comes to Sandler, I think this is it. Pro Uncut Gems in all levels.
1: Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what you think of Punch Drunk Love in comparison to that. Mm -hmm. But I do think that Uncut Gems is definitely his most timeless role to date. And I think he in the movie is somewhat what you'd expect from him in that way in a sense. But at the same time... It's nothing like we've ever seen him do before. And the kind of manic, crazy energy is on a thousand and you get sucked into his character. Like he's one of those people where you see them in a movie and it's like, oh, that's Adam Sandler type thing. But in Uncut Gems, it feels like Howie, the character, like they feel connected, but very different at the same time to me and there's a lot that goes into that credit to the Safties and to him and yeah I mean I thought he was perfect in it
0: yeah I think this is one of those cases where like there's a perfect marriage between like direction and the cast in this case the main character with Adam Sandler and I could say this now just because I haven't seen it But I'm afraid that, like, with Punch Drunk Love, what makes the movie special is Paul Thomas Anderson. And that's all well and good. But again, I could say that now because I haven't seen it. So it's almost like a take. But in this one, like, I don't even know if I can think of someone else that would work well just because I think he, like, killed it.
1: Yeah, I'll just leave that be until you see it. And in terms of, again, like, quote unquote, critical reception. It was, for the most part, I think, really well received. The movie overall and his performance got a lot of praise, although it didn't get him an Oscar, which ties us into the next movie and the only one since, which just came out recently Hubie Halloween, which isn't confirmed but is suspected to be connected to this quote that sandler had where it was something along the lines of and you know half joking but if i don't win the oscar i'm gonna make the worst movie ever or something like that and yeah that probably was referring to hubby halloween damn which don't get me wrong i watched it and
0: i even enjoyed it but see i haven't seen it i'm almost certain this isn't the worst adam sandler movie
1: no i'm not saying that for sure like it's actually i don't know it's kind of fun for like a light Halloween movie, wouldn't have like gone to the theaters or anything, but you know, it's part of his Netflix deal, which again, we'll get into it in a sec, but it's basically like a return to just a comedic Sandler flick, you know, although with a little twist of the Halloween theme mixed in there.
0: I mean, while we're at it, I do really understand where you come from, at least with like his voice and how bad that could make a film. In terms of, like, watching it and tolerating it. One of the reasons I don't like one of the classics of his, and that's Waterboy. I hate, like, the way he speaks on it. And I know that's part of the character and blah, blah, blah. But when it's, like, annoying shit like that, like, after a while it gets old and I'm like, yeah, I'm
1: tired of this. Right. Yeah, I feel like you would not be into Hubie Halloween for that exact reason. Speaking of the worst
0: Adam Sandler movie, (laughs) I've, like, seen parts of it as well. Shout out to my aunts, Jack and Jill. He plays himself or a character, but also a female character, a la Eddie Murphy. It's bad. I don't remember saying it. What year was that again? 2011. So it's nine, 10 years old at this point. Pretty bad though. It's one of those that somehow also made it to cable. So like I've gone to visit family and shit and it's just like on and I'm like, yo, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) This is so bad. and i mean real quick right now i have like the letterbox app open that we use she has a 1.2 damn this is including pixels <laughs> which i don't know if you know what that is yeah it's like the animated or kind of like real life animation yeah. that has a 1.9 this shit had a 1.2 damn i'll leave it at that
1: hey i mean like you said he got flops in the canon so
0: I mean, Hugh,
1: Hubie,
0: 2.4. Oh. <laughs> Throwing up numbers out there. Must have been shot well, at least.
1: Um, but yeah,
0: he got some flops when it comes to
1: quality, I guess. He just signed another Netflix deal for like four more movies, which had expired sometime this year, I believe. And he's just going to keep pumping them out, you know? And I'm fine with that. Like, some will be misses, some will be hits. And I do think that with his career overall for the comedies, I'm still going to be drawn most to those late 90s ones just because it has the extra nostalgia with it too. And you have those more dramatic, artsy ones with Punch, Drunk, Love, Uncut Gems, Meyerwitz, etc. And there's a lot in between that is forgettable or I could never watch again, or some I haven't even seen at all and be fine with like kind of tying back to what you were saying at the beginning it almost doesn't matter like even with all these misses and flops you're still gonna count on what you know from sandler if you like him you like him if you don't you don't i don't know how much that'll really change over the years i feel like it'll just keep being consistent maybe he'll raise the bar with some like with uncut gems but for the most part, I feel like he's someone where your opinion on the pro-con side is going to stay pretty consistent. Somehow, I'm surprised
0: how much money Netflix is giving this dude. He's for sure taken advantage of the situation, so shout out to him. Do that. Because <laughs> Netflix needs content, and this dude seems to have endless amounts of it. So
1: Yeah, and it's perfect for Netflix because a lot of it is very light and... Easy to just throw on and like you said it can be a family thing too he fits their mold in a great way and netflix is also about recognizable faces or names and he's one of those so whatever he puts out will get eyeballs yeah i mean well said
0: like it's just gonna get the numbers which is what they want like you said his golden era already passed what i guess i hope for is that he at least every now and then, it's in one of those nice hitters like Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems bought him like a nice five-year gap where he could yeah. just throw garbage <laughs> out there. 2025, we better see some heat, Adam. You oh, feel yeah, me? Like, for sure. And hopefully, one of these hitters is one of those good Netflix originals. And I'm also a decent fan of stand-up. I've watched many. However, somehow, some way I haven't watched Adam Sandler special. Is that on
1: purpose or you just never like got around to it?
0: I could tell you without even watching, he won't be my style. I'm very like dark humor, Mm -hmm. Bill Burr, be problematic, you know, (laughs) red light, possibly get canceled type of humor. That's (laughs) what makes me chuckle at the least. You know, you grew up with Dave Chappelle and shit like that. So you got to come strong and no offense to Adam, but I don't I don't know if he has that. So I just never was like into that. But with that said, I know he still has the respect out there. Like I listen to a bunch of podcasts and his name is thrown out there every now and then by the comedians and shit like, oh, yeah, it's special out there. Respect to him. He's one of the greats, blah, blah, blah. So I go with what they say since I haven't watched it. So I guess he still has the respect. So
1: it's a good thing. Funny enough, I actually... Did try his most recent special, which was on Netflix. I was hearing a lot of good things, but kind of opposite to you, I'm really not a big stand-up fan at all, and maybe because of that, maybe because of his specific style, but I wasn't really into it. I think I like him more when he's in kind of the worlds that he creates or that he goes into, like with the safties. But yeah, maybe we'll do a separate stand-up episode at some point. Yeah. And we mentioned briefly earlier with the Hanukkah song about that being on SNL, which he was part of and had a run that kind of got him discovered by a lot of people and was like his break, I think. But I've never really watched too much of those clips. We were not even alive for most of the time he was there yeah I don't know I've never been big into SNL in general so I wouldn't con it because there's probably some good skits and sketches like the Hanukkah one but at the same time I don't really have interest to go into the YouTube vault and look them up or anything
0: yeah this one's an easy one for me to con just because I could live in a world without SNL so (laughs) I'll leave it at that
1: yeah, just pro the Frank Ocean SNL performances, and I'll leave it at that. All right, you got me there. <laughs> but <laughs> overall, Adam
0: Sandler, one of the legends, one of the greats, respected by everybody in and outside of comedy. Literally like a 10-year run of great classic films that I'm sure we'll pass on to like siblings and kids and shit like that. Many flops, some because of him, some not. Fashion major flop but my boy's comfortable it's a lot of confidence to to dress the way he does so that's not a a pure con just from a fashion standpoint yeah has uncut gems i think one of the better films to come out and possibly to come out for the future especially with the whole corona situation movies have been at a halt and we haven't gotten many movies as we would any other year but yeah definitely has a lot more good than bad but shout out to him making money off of Netflix. I pro that. <laughs> so for him, I'd go very light pro. Just because there's there's just a lot of negative that we can avoid. But yeah,
1: still respect,
0: Adam Sandler. Yeah,
1: to tie into the start and timing of this episode, one of the most celebrated and iconic Jewish pop culture figures in general, in my opinion and hopefully he continues to do even more with that like even uncut gems has a passover section shout out to the Safties who are also jewish and making their mark in that way and yeah i mean great era we talked about also has misses but to me i think that run in the 90s early 2000s will always have those memories and even with a bunch of these other misses, I can just almost disregard those in a way. And he's still relevant, still making stuff, still surprising, like with Uncut Gems. So I think he'll just be sticking around and I'm here for it. So I'd probably go like a light to solid pro. can hit on that. But that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Kev. You can find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. And I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O on everything. Catch y'all next week. Go stream that Hanukkah song.